Amen. Well, what is going on around here, man? We just got all kinds of crazy changes. Who's mad? Ain't nobody mad. We're getting in the presence of God. Going, at, going after God. You know, last week, it was, so, it was so interesting. I don't even know if I told him about it, but Todd was talking about how that he, he was comparing, you know, years of giving, and he's going in and he's kind of expecting to really be pleased with himself. You know, that, and he gets this shocker that, oops, you know, it, he hadn't done quite as well as he thought he had in, in a certain area of his life. And I, and I felt for him because the reality is, is that, you know, I, at the end of every year, I kind of go to God and start talking about this new year and where are we going to lead the people and how are we going to do it and what are we going to get done and where are we going to go and what are we going to accomplish. And, and in my mind, I picture God comes out and he's got pom-poms and he's jumping up and down and he's going, go, Tom, go. And, uh, and I'm talking to God, and how did I do this year? Did I, you know, and I, and I mentioned it. He said, you know, did we wholly honor God in our giving? And, and I had gone to God and asked him, have we wholly honored you in our living? You know, your giving marks your money. If you don't understand tithing yet, let me just tell you this much, that when you, when you, when you give that 10%, it marks that 90%, right? And that impacts everything. But in your, in your life, when you see it's Matthew six thirty three, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right. And then everything else that you're worried about is going to be taken care of and added to your life. But you seek him first. And when I'm going to God and I'm asking him, have, have we done that? Are we honoring you with our life? Not, not, just, not just my money, with my life. And, and I'm, I really honestly am expecting God to go, you rock. Tom, you are the man. And I got instead, this is what I heard God say. So I said, are you mad at Shelby? Because I'll, I'll talk to her, Lord. And God began to deal with me and show me that it's not evil. It's just deception. You can get so busy with life that you miss the reason you're living. We can get so churched up that what God's wanting to do in our lives, we miss it. You know, we, we begin to wander around and accomplish great things. The problem is, is that there are none of the things that are needed. No, you know, we're not, we're not solving problems. We're, we're, we're not bringing life to the hurting, but we're, but we're busy and we're having a good time. And I know that your first argument is going to be, well, wait a minute. We've, we've seen some good things come, right? But in comparison to what God has... Now, let's just get real for a little bit tonight. Tonight, we're going we're gonna to bring people up, and, and, and we're going we're, we're gonna to baptize them, and it's going to be awesome. Is that right? And, and it's just going to be awesome. But I've but I got to tell you something, that as a body, we've got to refocus our focus. Because we, we really don't want to erect something, you know, and... and uh, put all of our time and effort resources into building a building where we can get lots and lots of people to come together to justify why they don't have God life. 
easy to come up with excuses for why we don't. We'll look at, the, you know, in the society that we're living. But God's word says that if we do what he said, that he'll produce what he promised. And, you know, guys, I just got to be me, okay? I just got to tell you the way I, the way I tell you. And, and, and the reality is, is that we've got great, great people, but there's areas of our own life where we're not demonstrating Satan's defeat on a daily basis. And instead of justifying it, I want to choke the devil out. See, there's some things that we get because we are in Christ. And when they're not being produced in our life, it's simply because we have separated ourselves from Christ. It's not because, well, that's not what he meant. No, it's because we are not actually doing what he said. We think we know some things, but even God can't teach us because we already know what we know, and we won't receive anything new from him. So we're kicking this year off with a focus. We've canceled everything on the schedule. I know that you've got your favorite thing to go to. Sorry. But we've just canceled everything. We're going to come together on Wednesday nights, and we're going to praise, and we're going to worship, and we're going to seek God, and we're going to, we're going to get into God life. Because if we can't produce it in every arena of our life. See, you, we're supposed to be walking in victory, and victory definitely means you're going to have battle. Don't, don't think for a minute that you're not going to have battle because you can't have victory without battle. But I, I think the only way to describe it is, is kind of like this, that we are, we, we're like NFL, but we're playing grid kids on the weekend. And we're dealing with little issues that are so far beneath you. But we settle in. I, I went to Haiti. And, you know, there's a million homeless people in Port-au-Prince. And they pull back the tarp and they come walking out. And I got to tell you something, man, their whites on their shirts are whiter than ours. I don't know. I don't know how they do that. They, they're clo- they don't have electricity, but their clothes look pressed. And, and you know, and I got pictures and I can, sh- I can show you some pictures. And, and the, the crazy thing is, is that uh, whatever teeth whitener they use, we need I mean, these people are sharp, and they're smiling, and they're happy, and it's so impressive because they've been through hell. And I sat down, and I'm sharing with the, uh, with the missionary that's been there for 15, 20 years, and he says, you know, it, it's, uh, it's funny that you noticed that and that you mentioned it. He said, you know, it's, it's good. He said, but on the other side of the coin, it's, it's actually kind of a curse. Because, see, the word Haiti means mountain upon mountains. Everything's up or down. It's steep. When it rains, if you're down, in just a few moments, there's a, it's not just a little water. It's a, dude, it's, it's, I mean, it's like a river running down the streets. And because they don't use a lot of sanitary things in certain parts of that community, fecal matter's floating down the street and going through the tent city. And it's wrapping around the bedpost. And, and when the water resides and goes down, the stuff that's inside their tent, you wouldn't want to be anywhere near. But they come out of the tent, and, and, and they look happy, and they look clean, and, and it looks good. But, see, the problem is, is that about 
half of them, a little more than half in some places, half of them uh, before the earthquake, they just didn't have a tarp. So now that they have one, they think life is screaming good. And it's better, but they can't settle. Because it's not that there is no hope in Haiti. It's that they've bought into a lie and their, and their belief system and, and, and the way they see life doesn't motivate them to go out and produce. The Bible says that there is much wealth in the uncultivated ground of the poor. And in the midst of all of this, I see the church. Not, 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 just, not just us, but why not let's include us? That we throw back the tarp and we come out and we're looking good. Don't know how we pulled it off, but we look pressed. We got clean. Our teeth are shining. But underneath the tarp, there's fecal matter wrapped around the bedpost. There's stuff in your life that doesn't need to be there. And you can't afford to settle and say, well, you know, I guess this is just, this is a lot better than it was. You know, before we were headed for hell, and now uh, there's a new name written down in glory. Not when you have been ordained of God to demonstrate Satan's defeat on a daily basis in every realm of your life. And long before we break ground, we're moving ahead with the, with the building stuff, and we're going to be talking about that and showing it to you, but that can never become our focus. Because we haven't been called to God to build buildings. And we haven't been called to God to develop leaders of departments. We're called of God to grow followers of Christ. And we're going after Christ. I want to read some scripture to you tonight. By the way, Happy New You. Ephesians 4, in the Amplified, we're going to start about verse 15. It says, let our lives lovingly express truth in all things, speaking truly, dealing truly, living truly. Somebody say amen. Enfolded in love, let us grow up in every way and in all things unto him who is the head, even Christ, the anointed one. Amen. For because of him, the whole body, the church and all of its parts, closely joined and firmly knit together by the joints and ligaments with which it is supplied. When each part, with power adapted to its need, is working properly in all of its functions, the body grows to full maturity, building itself up in love. When the joints are there, there's an in- incredible supply that is released when the, when the body fits and comes together. There, you don't need supply until the joints come together. Amen? You with me? So we got this body, and it's growing, and, and it's getting better, and it's getting stronger. Let's keep going. So this I say and solemnly testify in the name of the Lord, as in his presence, that you must no longer live as the heathen, in the perverseness or folly, vanity, uh, emptiness of their souls, and the futility of their mind. we got to change the way that we live. Their moral understanding is darkened, and their reasoning is beclouded. They are alienated, estranged, and self-banished from the life of God. They, they can't connect to God life because of the, the hardness of their heart the, and the, the emptiness of their mind, their willful blindness that's deep-seated into them due to that hardness, that insensitive uh, attitude and the moral nature. 
in their spiritual apathy, they have become callous and past feeling and reckless, and they have abandoned themselves a prey to unbridled sensuality, eager and greedy to indulge in every form of impurity that their depraved desires may suggest and demand. But that's not how we learn Christ. Assuming that you have really heard him and been taught of him, as all truth is in him, it's all in him. This isn't how we've learned Christ. Look at verse 19 one more time. Can you put that one up for me? In the spiritual apathy, they become calloused. They become hardened because they're greedy to indulge in impurity and deprived uh, desires. It's, it's a place where we don't see ourselves. Unbridled sensuality eager and greedy to indulge forms of impurity. That's, that's not us. Well, if we're not careful, it most certainly is us. We've got to realize that spiritual apathy, they've become calloused. Spiritual apathy. There are some things that we've got to deal with in our life so we don't become lazy in our spirit. So we don't just settle in and say, this is it. We got it together. You, you know, I mean, we, we just can't afford to miss God's best. We've got to get hungry for God and his word. And it's awesome because the, that level of, of passion in, in the house is growing. But I'm going to tell you something. I, I think it's going to be a crazy good year because revelation's on the way to your house. Somebody say amen. Would you look at Ephesians 1 with me? Verse 1. There's some things, you know, in, in, there's some things in the Scripture, and Paul often writes about the mystery, the mystery. And if, if you're just new to the Bible and you're reading that and you think of there's mysteries and hidden things and fenced-in things and secret things, and well, here, here's, here's the, let me un, uncover the mystery for you, basically. Uh, the mystery is, is that, what was once not for everybody now is for everybody. Okay? There's the mystery. You're in. How'd you get in? It's a mystery. Okay. Well, I'm a pretty good guy. I tell you what, we hold you up to the Word of God, and there's a King James word, sucketh. Okay? You, you and I... How do we get into this? It's a mystery. And there's some things tonight I just want to touch on before we baptize these people. And number one is this, that you are not who you thought you were. If you're writing notes, write that down. You guys getting ready to be baptized, hear me. You are not who you thought you were. Look at this. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God to the saints who are in Ephesus, and faithful in Christ Jesus. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus. Paul starts all of his letters, a bunch of them off this way. He says, Paul, that's, that's who I am. An apostle, that's what I do. Of Jesus Christ, that's who I do it for. By the will of God, that's where I get my authority and my power and my, the license to do what I do. To the saints, that's, that's my audience. That's the recipients of what I do. And I am Paul. I do apostleship 
for Christ. I'm empowered by God. This is who I am. What's interesting is that a few years ago, I wasn't Paul, I was Saul. Hello? And Saul wasn't an apostle of Jesus. He was a tent maker with an attitude. Okay? He wasn't an apostle of Jesus. Paul was Saul, who was a tent maker, who hated Christians, who thought the will of God for him was to annihilate every one of them that he could find and eliminate them. To the saints, that was hunting ground. But during that season of his life, he was certain that's who he was and that that was what he was supposed to do. But one day, he has a collision with Christ. And he recognizes very quickly, I am not who I thought I was. Because Christ didn't call me Saul, he called me Paul. And Paul isn't a tent maker, he's an apostle. And he ain't doing it for himself, he's doing it for Jesus. And he's not empowered by his own strength, but he's empowered by the will of God. And he's not concerned for himself at all, it's all about the saints. Are you with me? You are not who you think you were. Look at Ephesians 1.11 in the message, this is really cool. It's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had his eye on us and he had designs on us for glorious living. It is in Christ that we find out who we are. It is in Christ that we find out who we are. Somebody say amen. It is in Christ. See, as a body... I think there's moments that we've forgotten who we are. You can go to a different meeting, a different gathering, a different group, a different night. And if it wasn't held in the same building, we might not know it was the same people. Can I just talk? Right? There are, there are moments at Team 31, Shelby's running it, but there are moments at Team 31, it don't even, it don't, that don't feel like us. There's things at men's meetings that we do. What was that? You know, we're just trying stuff, you know, checking it out. I don't know. Maybe you can go to three different home meetings and find three different belief systems. Why? Well, because we started just a little over five years ago. Growth starts to happen, and, and, and we just start going, let's just do, let, yeah, let's just do this stuff. And some of it was awesome, but some of it, God never told us to do it. We just said, okay. Well, now it's time to come back, and we've got to find out who we are, because some of the stuff that we're doing is not necessarily in Christ. And it's in Christ. Now, I, and please hear me. I didn't say it's of the devil. You know, my pastor, Sharky, you know, and Miss Linda and, and Pastor Rick, they, they do what's called Saturday Sunday school. They take buses out, school buses out. They've done it for 29 years. And they go all over Spokane and they pick up children and they bring them to the church on Saturdays. And they have hundreds of children that, they, you know, at Christmas, they did hundreds of you know, supply for hundreds, and they do that, and it's good. When are we going to do it? Never. 
When are we going to buy our first school bus? We are not. Well, three of them were donated. I'm calling Sharky. Why? Because that's not who we are. And we've got to get back in Christ and find out who we are. We think we know. Well, Saul thought he knew. See, in some of us, because we think we know, we can't be taught anything. You know, I'm talking with some of my friends and sharing how I'm kicking off the new year at the church, and they're like, dude. (laughs) Ah, we're, we're praying for you. I'm thinking, I don't need anybody without faith to pray for me. Thank you very much. Well, what happens if you upset everybody and they leave? Sweet. (laughs) Just kidding. What happens if we tap into the presence of God? And instead of, well, you know, I I, I think God answers prayer. All of a sudden, we see God answering prayer. I, I, and I just want to tell you, right up front, man, right up front, here, here I am. It, it, and it's me. And I'll take the hits. Okay? And I know I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get some. Oh, well. But if I can't lead a leadership team that knows how to walk in victory, I'm not going to build something and bring in hundreds of people and train them how to justify why they can't either. There's stuff in our life. It's, not, it's amazing that we can find anybody who's going to trust God with some of the stuff that we got going on in our life, and we're telling everybody that we're living God life. You know, I got kids, and they just don't need a church experience. They need a relationship with a living God who has the ability to change everything. And they need, they need to be surrounded by people who refuse to settle should it get tough. The second thing that we've got to understand, the first thing is that we're probably not who we thought we were. The second thing is less is more. Look at Ephesians 3.8. To me, who am less than the least of all the saints. See, Paul had a revelation when he got the revelation of the mystery. He he realized that less is more. He said, I am less than the least. But look at Philippians 3, and we're going to read this kind of quick. Philippians 3, starting at verse 2. He's, and I backed up here to get a couple of verses because these are really cool. Steer clear of barking dogs, religious busy bodies, all bark and no bite. All they're interested in is appearances, knife-happy circumcises, as I call them. <laughs> I love that line. And the real believers, <laughs> that's next week. Uh, and the real believers are the ones the Spirit of God leads to work away at this ministry. Filling the air with Christ's praise as we do it. We couldn't carry this off by our own efforts, and we know it. Even though we can list what many might think are impressive credentials, 
And he starts going through it. He says, you know my pedigree, a legitimate birth, circumcised on the eighth day, an Israelite from the elite tribe, not just an Israelite, but from the elite tribe of Benjamin, a strict and devout adherent to God's law, a fiery defender of the purity of my religion, even to the point of persecuting Christians, a meticulous observer of everything set down in God's book. He said, he couldn't find anything wrong with me. The very credentials these people are waving around is something special. I'm tearing up and throwing out with the trash along with everything else I used to take credit for. Why? Because of Christ. Look at verse 8. All the things I once thought were so important are gone from my life compared to the high privilege of knowing Christ as my master firsthand. Everything I once thought I had going for me, that's insignificant. Dog dumb. Scubulon. If you ever just want to cuss and get away with it, scubulon is the Greek word for dog dog. I've dumped it all in the trash so I can embrace Christ and be embraced by him. Guys, there's some things that, that might seem important, but we, we got to get away from that. And we got to go after Christ. Hello? You know what he's saying here? It's, he was somebody. He was a somebody who became a nobody who would preach to anybody for the benefit of everybody. We just got to empty ourselves and become a nobody. The third thing that you're going to find as you study his work here is that everyone who was excluded is now included. I don't know what the devil has on you to make you think that you're not really supposed to have the promises of God produced in your life. But the reality is, is that there is no exclusivity. You're in. You're in. I don't know. I don't know what sin you had. It doesn't matter. The blood of Jesus doesn't hide our sin. It removes it. And that's cool, except now you ain't got no excuse. Now you're supposed to rise up and demonstrate Satan's defeat. The fourth thing, and this is this is this is where I want to just spend a couple of minutes. The fourth thing I want you to know is, is that if you study this, you find that dead things come to life. Ephesians 2, verse 1. And, th and this is really it, guys. Make sure that you get this. And you, he made alive. Look at your neighbor. If they're sleeping, wake them up and tell them. You, he made alive. You, he made alive. You. Everybody say you. Now, now, stick with me. There is a difference between you and yourself. You 
have been made alive. Think, think, think about Scripture for just a minute. And every place he talks and addresses you. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Jesus came to save you. You flourish in the presence of God. But yourself dies in the presence of God. Yourself, it's kind of like your car, your house, your bike. You can polish the wheels on your car. You can jack up your truck. You can repaint your bike. You can decorate your house. And a lot of times we put our identity in that. But the problem is, is when your identity is in your car, your identity is depreciating quite rapidly. You might go outside and find your car is now somebody else's car. That's happened right here at the garden. We located them, got our tithe. Just kidding. Um, you'll catch that later. Yourself. Look at Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. In the life which I now live, I live in the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. If, we, if I was putting this in towards you, I'd say yourself has been crucified with Christ. It's no longer you who live, but Christ lives in you. It's no longer yourself that lives, but it's Christ who lives in you. Not in yourself. He lives in you. Yourself is at war with Christ. Self is not cozying up to Christ, and Christ can't embrace self. So if we project an image from self, we miss being made alive in Christ. It is no longer I that live. Nevertheless, I live. Nevertheless, I live. Listen to this. That, that I live, here's what it means. It means to be opposite of lifeless, to enjoy real life, to have true life worthy of the name, to be active, blessed, and endless in the kingdom. It's living water that has vital power in itself and exerting the same upon the soul. It's fresh, strong, and efficient, active, powerful, and efficacious. I thought efficacious, that's a cool word. What does efficacious mean? If you go to your Strong's Concordance tonight and look up, you know, this scripture, Galatians 2.20, and go down and you're going to find Z-A-O, and, you, and you, you start studying it, and you're going to find out that that word means efficacious. And efficacious means capable of achieving a desired result. So if you're in Christ and not in self, you are capable of achieving the desired result that God had for you when he sent Christ. But if you don't have Christ, you have self. 
you are incapable of achieving the desired result. If we don't press into Christ, we can't reach the result that God had for us when he launched us in the beginning. So here we are, extremely busy. Well, listen, you have been made alive, but self tries to separate you from Christ. You are a new creation, but self is the old thing that's supposed to be passed away. You have a hope in a future, but self is hopeless and always caught up in the past. You have unlimited potential, but self is completely limited. You thrive in the presence of God. Self is going to die there. You are human. Self is humanistic. You are blessed. Self is cursed. We got to get out of self. And if you get anywhere near self, well, if you come to my house and let's hook up, say I have you come over and I'll meet you at six-ish. What's that? That's anywhere near six. So if you end up anywhere near self, suddenly you're selfish. And you're no longer, you're, you're, you're no longer focused on the purpose of Christ. You're after your own purpose. You seek your own desire. You, you're more worried about your position or your title or what you do because that's yourself. That's your car. That's your truck. That's your house. That's your dress. That's your thing. How come you're shutting down my meeting? Because it became your meeting. Well, my men, my women, or your guys, or my gals, or our people, or those people. No, we're one body. We just, we, we just got to get healthy. And we can't disengage every time we hit a speed bump. No, every, every, time, every time trouble comes up, we've got to lock shields. Why are we going? Have you looked around the room tonight? It's kind of crowded. It's cool. Wait till tomorrow morning when we take two services and cram them into one. Why are we going to keep doing that? Because our body is growing. We just ain't growing up. Because we need help in every ministry area but a lot of us don't like children's ministry so we don't get involved there well till we grow up we're just gonna have to cut back we can't find people to serve in children's ministry i just can't take the four or five of them that are willing to do it and wear them to dirt you know well I come to be inspired. What would happen if we came inspired and thought, you know, instead of showing up late and leaving early, I'm going to come 20 minutes early. I'm going to leave 20 minutes late. That's going to be my lifestyle. I'm, a, I'm just going to serve the body. Yeah, but I, I, I want to I have moments where we build relationship where your relationship's killing you. 
Because you're finding people who agree with your mindset that's separating you from Christ. You make me mad. I can't make you anything. If I could make you stuff, I'd make you buy me a new car. I got a list of stuff I could make you do if I could make you anything. Now, let me tell you what's going to happen. As you press into this place and you get, you get to a place where I'm telling you, I expected God to be so excited. Tom, Tom, go Tom, Tom. I just figured that's the chant in heaven. Tom. Tom to Tom Tom. Tom to Tom Tom Tom. That's not in heaven, that's just from Shelby. I found myself in a place with the presence of God where he became very clear. And it wasn't fun. Talking with someone earlier, and I got to tell you something, it's a spooky spot to be. Yet on the weird side of it is I can't wait to get back. But God began to share with me that if we settle, we're going to be just like everybody else. And I'm not saying that Please, do not go out of here and say, Tom said that everybody else, there's something wrong with it. And that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that we weren't called to be like everybody else. Behold, stop, focus, see this correctly. A lot of things we're doing, it's not that it's bad. It's not that it's wrong. And it's not that we'll never, ever do it. It's that our focus is off. And something is separating some of our greatest people from Christ because there's not life there. And I'm just going to refuse to ignore the reality that what God has for us is not yet pumping through our body. And we need it to. Not going to settle for smoke when we can have fire. And we can come out from under the tarp and we can get our clothes pressed and our teeth white. But I just don't want to go back under there and sleep with that stuff. Well, everybody's got that stuff. You don't understand that it's just where we are in society, and it's just every just part. Of, it's not part of God's plan. It's not His plan. I'm walking in His plan, and if His plan don't produce, I'm going to quit telling people it does. What's crazy is that it's producing in my world. It is getting better and better and better. 
And I told my pastor, I know I have a mandate from God to lead people into victorious Christian living. And I know we're at the threshold. I just hope and pray that when we really launch and this thing really goes and I look back that there's some people I know who are still with me. I'm not going to let you live sick. I'm not going to let you live in poverty. I'm not going to let you live with the devil handing your hiney to you on a platter every week and your family's messed up. That's not God's plan. Now, I know we could get together and we could have a lot of little side meetings and we could have little small groups where we sit around and talk to each other and, and, and comfort one another. It ain't working. We're going to get victory, and then we're going to launch out, and we're going to demonstrate Satan's defeat in this city, and we are going to humiliate hell. And you're going to be incredibly impressive as you demonstrate Satan's defeat here and around the world. So the people who are going to be baptized tonight represent you. And you're going to carry yourself into that water. But you are coming back out. Yourself is going to be buried in the same power that raised Christ from the dead is going to quicken you. Hear me, there's a difference between you and yourself. You are being baptized. Yourself, we're going to drown. Amen. So I, I, I want the candidates to just come and line up right across the platform here. We're going to have a little interview time. Come on, if you're getting baptized, just jump up and come on. You guys help them because some of these guys, there's an order, and I'll mess it up if left to my own devices. Come on, just walk right across here. We're going to pray, and then I'm going to have you. And when you get here, I'll, I'll, I'll explain what, how I'm going to do this and what you're going to do, but you all just come.